You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Zambrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. We'll have a couple new uh, episodes up there this week. I believe one on Wednesday. So check all that out at uh, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Uh, Ulysses, it has been highly anticipated, and we had been planning to get to our annual player reviews from this past right. season, but we're going to hold off on that for now. We totally disregarded and forgot that we've got to revisit our prop bets, our myriad prop bets that we put together over the course of the 2020 season, and uh, we did... I mean, I think we put together or threw out dozens of prop bets, but the ones we're going to focus on today are the ones that we actually disagree with because we don't have time to run through 50 different prop bets that we agree upon. But the ones that we differed on, that's where it gets fun. That's where it gets interesting. And those are the ones we are going to discuss today. Exactly. And by the way, uh, I don't think that this is the entire list whatsoever because I think... In the regular season, we get uh, trigger happy with the prop bets, and there's like three every episode. So uh, this definitely is a summarized version of yes. uh, of the prop bets. But hey, it's it's still ten. We've got ten prop bets that we'll 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 talk about today. Well, I think for if we consider them important enough or newsworthy enough to put them down on paper, then I think that like. We are throwing prop bets out all the time. And some of <laughs> yes. them jokingly, if there is somebody out there who has tracked all of the prop bets and wants to go through those, and if we missed one that was really egregious, uh, you are more than welcome to reach out to us. But for all <laughs> intents and purposes, uh, let's go through these and uh, see where we see how the final tally is uh, after we get through these 10. Uh, primary prop bets that we discussed some of these before the season some of these came up during the season so bear with us on that uh this first one uh this generated a lot of conversation will there be a 400 hitter in 2020 uh ulysses charlie blackman uh was making me nervous Uh, well let me let me go back here you said yes there would be a 400 hitter yes i said there would be you said no you said i said So winner here, obviously, Kevin Weiss. There was not a 400 hitter. Uh, I I had to, unfortunately, uh, kind of ride my hopes on a Yankee in DJ LeMahieu at the end of there with his paddleboard for a bat, but he could only get it to 364. But I think in September, he still had a 400 average. So um, that, that, that was disappointing for this yeah. prop bet only. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Soto 351, Freeman 341, Ozuna 338. So what does that tell me? That tell me it's incredibly hard to hit 460 games. And 
if we go a little step further, this the the fact that nobody hit 400 will ultimately get the normal baseball fan an easier way to swallow the stats for 2020 because none of the huge important yes. milestones were, were were broken like a 400 hitter so right. uh, i think that actually just gives validity or legitimacy i guess yes. to to the 2020 season or getting a hit in 56 57 straight games to right. one up joe dimaggio yeah i think it shows that okay this was a quote unquote real season there uh yeah charlie blackman was making me nervous for a little bit and then he started to fall off the table there and dj yes. LeMahieu, i think he was hitting like 400 plus or something and then he got injured then he came back and um look i mean i think if there's a guy that could get the closest to it over the next couple of years it, it would probably be dj LeMahieu, who i saw a stat that he has not been shifted against in four years that is amazing he also leads uh, lead baseball this past season in inside out hits. Uh, okay, so that's that's one for me. All right, uh, moving <laughs> on to the next one. Will Mike Zanino hit over two hundred? I said he would. Ulysses said, "Nah, not going to happen." Mike Zanino is going to do Mike Zanino things and hit below the Mendoza line. And Ulysses, you were correct once again. What did he? What did he hit? Uh, uh, he finished with a 147 batting average, which was actually less than the 2019 mark. In fact, we could have done a prop bet on his on-base percentage being over 200 because his on-base percentage was 238 this past year. And, you know, for those that might have thought, well, he had a pretty good postseason. Again, we're just doing regular season numbers only, but he didn't right. even hit 200 in the postseason either. No. Okay. It's, he, now, do you have the numbers in front of you or not? I know he batted 170 in the postseason. So he's consistently bad yes. at putting bat to ball outside. Now, and when he does, it's a home run. That's it. Do you think I know that when he came over, people were really excited. Oh, he had that monster year. And and but people were focused on the monster year, but not the four or five years of just pure mediocrity slash subpar play. Now, do you think that's going to change after two years of him with a raised uniform that people are going to be like, oh man, we missed out on Zanina? Or is that or are people now going to say, you know what? No, he really, that 2017 year was his one year. I've talked about this. Yes. I've, ta- I've talked about how if you have the time to play, if you have the talent, you will put up a, a career year. Everybody has a career yeah. year uh, in their resume if they're given the time to play. I think that was it for him. Yeah. Some people can have a good week in the big. Some can have a good month. Some can have a good half year. Some can have a good several months. Some guys put together a good year and that's about it. You can't have, you could have a kind of fake year, but you can't have an entire fake career. And I think after two years, we've seen that Mike Zanino, he is what he is. You're, you're lucky to get, I mean, if you're getting 170, 180 out of them, you should be doing cartwheels in your backyard. And I think this was, look, they might, and that's why I'm thinking two years of this, even though it was 60 games, but you include the postseason, even when you had that flash of brilliance for a couple of games in the postseason, you still look at Mike Zanino and say, he can't get, he, he can't play a hundred games. He can't get three, right. four at bats for a hundred, 110 games. You've got to, Maybe your your backup, okay, backup defensive replacement type. I think it's it's kind of going to that there. Um, okay, moving on to the next one. 
the 2020 home run leader will exceed 26 home runs. You said Ulysses that there would be a monster power hitter this season. Somebody would get 27, 28, 30, something along those lines. I said, no, 26 home runs in 60 games. Get out of here with that. I got trigger happy again. And with the uh-huh. 400 hitter and the home run hitter, uh, Luke Voigt tried to make it, it made it interesting there with 22, um, but not quite there. Four home runs, four lowly home runs away uh, from, from, you know, making me a, a Nostradamus, but that was not to, to happen. Who was your, did you have a name in mind on who would get this mark? If there was a guy, was it a Solaire type or a Nelson Cruz type? Or I've, were you thinking of Luke Voigt? No, I was thinking, well, I was thinking of a Yankee. I was thinking yeah. if Stanton and judge are healthy, those are monsters. They can go off and judge. Remember that? Like, I think the first three weeks he had like a home run in 10 straight games right. or something stupid like that. So I was like, okay, he's definitely over that pace he was on pace to hit like 33 bombs um but yeah no they got hurt and that's something that race fans should now kind of always take with a grain of salt the yankees get hurt so anytime that people say yeah it's a great team and again they're a great team but they get hurt that's now a thing you have to add into the bucket of yankee things they get hurt when you have outfielders or guys that are six foot five, six foot six and 260 pounds, and they're playing uh, baseball every day, things are going to happen to them. Uh, also, I looked this up because I was curious. Nobody even got 26 doubles this year, let alone home runs. I think the doubles leader was Freddie Freeman with 23 or 24, something wow. along those lines. Now, if we had it included in postseason numbers, this could have gotten interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm checking it out right now. 23 Freeman. How about that? How about that? Um, okay. This next one, uh, Brandon Lau will have less than fewer than 75 strikeouts in 2020. Ulysses said, yes, I was a negative Nancy and said, no, Brandon Lau finished with 58 strikeouts in 56 games. Ulysses, you have won this prop bet. Congratulations. Thank you. And you went against your boy, which surprised me at the time. But uh, I'm glad to get this win, this W uh, for Brendan Lau. Look, thank God uh, we uh, stopped the prop bet. Uh, a lot of these prop bets for the regular season, no matter who won, because uh, this one oh, would yeah. have definitely gone down south quickly uh, because Brendan Lau definitely was not Brendan Lau during the postseason. And uh, so, yeah, he improved it. 26% strikeout rate, 25%, which I think last year was a 32, 33. So you saw some improvement. Let's take out postseason out because, hey, it's different, different animal, whatever. Let's hope that we see that trend with Brandon Lau's career to kind of get that strikeout rate into a manageable 20, 22, 23 Maximum Honestly, 25%. I think as long as his strikeout rate is uh, below 25%, it was 25.9. I think that's fine as long as you give him the power. Again, it's the you better have or on pace to have as many home runs as your strikeout percentage. So if you have a, a 26% strikeout percentage, you better be giving me 26 home runs. And I think Brandon Lau does it. I think, you know, we're, at some point, we, we've been talking so much about strikeouts, but it's like we, we can't expect Brandon Lau to be an 18% strikeout guy. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I no, mean, that's pretty no. darn good in the, this day and age where right. everybody, pretty much everybody, 
is striking out. You know who I should have picked? I should have gone with, uh, you know, hindsight being 2020. I should have gone with Willie Adamas. He was the closest. No, actually nobody on the Rays got 75 strikeouts in the regular season, but Willie Adamas had 74 in 54 games played one more game. He would have had it. Oh, and I didn't pick him, but yeah, he would have played a couple more innings in another, in another game. And he probably has it. Yeah. Willie did not see improvement in that area, but again, let, let's hope again, a, a lot of these things we're going to talk about are fluky. So mm-hmm. hopefully that is a fluke in Willie Adams's game. Okay. This next one, before we uh, take a break to move on to the final five here, Hunter Renfro will have a higher war wins above replacement than Tommy Pham, who of course was traded to the San Diego Padres. Uh, I said, yes, Renfro would have a higher war than Tommy Pham. Ulysses, you said no. Uh, I am going to give this one to you, even though baseball reference has Renfro as a higher war than Tommy Pham, but Renfro has a significantly worse war than Tommy Pham and fan graphs. So if you even out the numbers, it goes to fam. So I will uh, acknowledge, I will give you this one. I will give you this, this one. This is ridiculous. You know that when we made this prop bet episode, we specifically said we would go with fan graphs. Did I'm, we? I'm, I'm very sad and disappointed to hear that Kevin does not remember this. But yes, we said fan graphs. And yes, Tommy Fam did have a better war than Hunter Renfro. Who could have predicted that? Also, did you see Tommy Pham's, albeit a short postseason with 25 plate appearances? Did you see his numbers during the postseason? Yeah, they were very good. And and uh, the Rays could have used a Tommy Pham and a Jay Cronenworth on the roster, to be honest. 375 average with uh, above an 800 OPS. I mean, that stinks. <laughs> if you yeah. have, tell me... I want a race fan to tell me that if we had Tommy Pham with this team in the playoffs, we don't win the World Series. Yeah, that's a good point there. Or a Tommy Pham and a Jake Cronenworth. I think you have those two. I'm telling you, just one. Just give me one okay. guy. Give me Tommy Pham at the top of that. At the, the line. Imagine Tommy Pham getting on base and Randy just bomb. Tommy Pham on base, Randy bomb. I mean, it would have been a game. Does taker. but does Tommy Pham? make those plays. Well, I guess he wouldn't play right field. Would he have made those plays that Hunter Renfro made in the outfield against the Astros? You answered it. Uh, he, he wouldn't have been uh, in right field. They would have just shifted Margo over there and he probably would have made those plays. Okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, to summarize this, Hunter Renfro basically had, he pulled a Zanino. He had a Zanino year. Yeah. You look at the numbers. It's all right. 156 batting average, and he'll give you some pop and a lot yeah. of strikeouts and defense. He'll give he's he's the outfield version of Mike Zanino. At least he they was. Both, they both like to season. fish. They both like to fish. They're they're big southern guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think um, again, Xavier Edwards. You better be you better be Lindor. You better yeah. be Bo Bichette. You I better need, be I something. Need that. Yeah, because this trade is going to be how did how have the Rays not gotten so much fire over this trade yet? I think because of the Randy Arasarena thing. It it covered up. I think that has masked the, the, the stench of yeah. this trade so far. And again, we haven't seen this trade fully play out yet. Once it okay. fully plays out, because very easily I could see Renfro 
have a bounce back season and Tommy Pham get injured or something like that. And then I, I, I'm willing to reserve my judgment on the totality of this trade until, until after Xavier Edwards or until we see okay. a couple seasons. Until you see a couple seasons of Xavier yes. Edwards. Okay. If Edwards is, I mean, up there, if he's a, if he does what Brandon Loud does and that's high expectations, then wow. Brandon Loud, yeah. the regular season, something along those lines, then uh, I would be willing to, but again, then he got Jake. Crow. It's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. I can tell you right now, the Rays have a difficult decision to make with Hunter Renfro and what could be upwards of three, $4 million in arbitration. If you weren't right. going to pay Tommy Pham $8 million, are you really going to pay? How can you pay, pay Hunter four? Yes. Five. Yeah. I mean, and just think too, if they get a, a fully healthy and capable Tommy Pham for a full season, mm-hmm. the Padres, uh, I mean, they're, they're going to be scoring like football team. Like, yeah. 14 runs this game, 16 or <laughs> 21 runs. Here we go. Touchdowns. It's a great scoring lineup. Touchdowns. It's a great yes, it lineup is. they got there. All right. So as of right now, the tally is three to two, Ulysses, in your favor. Right. We'll continue with the final five prop bets that we put forth on paper after this. Okay, Ulysses, continuing our segment, reviewing our prop bets, the mini prop bets we made and put down on paper over the course of the 2020 season. This next one, it's interesting. Uh, And again, Ulysses, you were getting a little trigger happy with, with some of these prop bets here. There will be a 2020 player in the 60-game season. Again, 2020 player, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. I said no. Ulysses, you said yes. There was no 2020 player this year. No, there weren't. Uh, there weren't any. And uh, really, not, not a, a lot of guys that could have gotten close. I mean, you got a lot of 15 tenths, 16 tenths, yeah. a 16 11. A 14 and eight. There just wasn't that um, big year from from the guys that I thought were going to be healthy throughout the right. season and, and get it going for 60 games. I thought Mookie Betts was a good shot. I thought Acuna uh, had a good shot. Maybe Marcelo Zuna, maybe uh, uh, Jose Ramirez, I think was 17 and 11. Tatis Jr. Was was going for it for a while, but yeah, it uh, that's again how really difficult uh, some of these things are when you have a compressed season like we yeah. had this year. I could have seen it maybe if it was a legit half season, 80, 81 games. That I could see is more believable. Just sixty games, that's really really tough to do. You have to In be fact, on fire every game. Yes, every game. Two months. Uh, let's go. Yeah, and I mean there was only actually. There's only one guy that got 20 plus home runs and only one guy that got 20 plus stolen bases. And those weren't the same person. Alberto Mondesi <laughs> no. got 24 stolen bases. Luke Voigt got 22 home runs. Voigt got zero stolen bases. Mondesi got six home runs there. So uh, there we go. Actually, it kind of interesting though. Mondesi, if we had played 162 game season, he would have, I guess he would have technically been, been on pace for, I mean, he could have had like a, 1870 year or something ridiculous right from that standpoint there so that is one to me uh so it's yes. three to two the lead as a or no i i wow i really can't count today three to three oh my gosh we need some oversight here we yes. need uh we need some voter and, and number oversight that's what we need <laughs> where's one of our dedicated listeners to 
to be to, the, to moderate. You know, wait, we thing. should have one of our listeners be the uh, yes keeper of yeah. the prop bets. Oh, that'd be great. From there, that'd yeah, be a fun thing, and kind of uh, do the updates. That if you've got a lot of time on your hands, and, they can uh, give. They can kind of trash us like, "Wow, you guys yeah. really suck at intern this. McGee. Get over here, man. We need an Come intern on. McGee. Let's Inter- yes, we do. So we can get an intern McGee. That'd be great. Intern McGee, get over here. You yeah. can. You want to be an intern McGee? You can get involved with the prop ed too. We'll we'll let you throw yeah. in a couple of selections as well. Uh, okay, this next one. Uh, Daniel Robertson, former Ray, now Daniel Robertson, will hit above 250 regardless of at bats. Of course, uh, Ulysses, not a Daniel Robertson fan, uh, said no, he would not hit above 250. Uh, I said yes. All you got to do is give him a handful of bats and anybody can can swing together a couple hits, even Mike Zanino. At uh, well, maybe not him, but uh, most guys, a lot of guys can do that. And Daniel Robertson did what? Did what after he was snagged by the Giants off waivers? Yeah. I'm, he hit a whopping 333 in 21 at-bats. You know what? You know why I'm so angry at this? Not because Daniel Robertson got the over 250, but because there was an actual, this was a win I had on my book. When I said to you, ha, huh? he was traded. He didn't uh, hit 250. And you said, no, but with the race, he didn't. He, he could hit with the Giants, and I was a nice guy. I remember yes. that day. I, was, I, I felt generous. I was like, okay, fine, with the Giants too. And boom, he got it done with the Giants. I feel stupid for letting this prop that go slip through my fingers. Yeah, you didn't have to do that. Again, I thought Daniel Robertson, California kid, new environment, maybe a little more playing time. You can kind of, that happens sometimes. Some guy, I mean, sometimes it works in the opposite direction, a la Cafecito, but other times it's right. like, goes to a new environment and he starts sitting well. It's like, wow, we, we kind of found something here. Uh, does Daniel Robertson do it long-term? I don't know, probably not, but that remains to be seen. The biggest thing, of course, for Daniel Robertson is improving on his autograph signing ability. I think it, that is the biggest key for D-Rob this offseason, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, how about this? Well, well, Daniel, I mean, I'm already willing to put down a prop bet for next year that he'll hit 250, above 250 next oh, year. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Two, this, is, this is the 250 crush on D-Rob coming from. Okay. If you want to think about it, if you want to dive into the numbers, go to the steamer projections and oh my god, everything like that. I I will put it on hold for you if you want to pick it up. Killing me, Kevo. I'll leave it there. Uh, Okay, this next one. Talk about Ulysses getting trigger happy. I was really trigger trigger happy on this one. Uh, Oliver Drake, former Ray, now Oliver Drake, will get at least ten saves. There was a period way early in the season where he got, I think, back-to-back saves and was, yep. for a brief moment, the Rays' save leader. Uh, of course, um, Ulysses said, no, Oliver Drake will not get the 10 saves. I said, yes, he will. They, the, the Rays always seem to find a new closer, always seem to put a new guy in that spot, uh, and he will get the 10 saves. Of course, he did not. He finished with two. Uh, he didn't even finish the season with the Rays. I mean, that, that was a, a prop bet on its own. Would Oliver Drake be on the team by by year's end and right yeah this has been an interesting windy road for oliver drake now so you're right and 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 now uh again pack up the bags and, and hopefully get another uh opportunity somewhere but it definitely won't be with the rays uh and i don't know with the three batter minimum 
Is he going to get that chance? That might be a reason why he was let go. But you also think with all the injuries the Rays had on their pitching staff and the unique arm angle that Oliver Drake brings. And I know that when he came back from injury and did not look himself at all, that it was like, all right, we got to pull the cord. We got to move on to somebody else. But you would think that maybe he can come back to the Rays on a minor league deal or something like that because he does kind of uh, reject the laws of physics with his delivery. But yeah, I guess he would be, uh, he could be on his eighth team and, in five or six years when it's all said and done. Uh, Interestingly, so I said Drake would get at least 10 saves this year. No one on the Rays roster got 10 saves. Nick Anderson had the most with six saves. The prop bet should have been how many different guys would get, at least 10 guys (laughs) would get saves. Then we should have changed it uh, on that one there. So as I see the tally right now, it's four to four. We are square and we have two prop bets left. Here's the next one. Uh, Brandon Lau will hit at least 18 home runs in 2020. Ulysses said, Ulysses, you, you were rooting for the home runs this year. You, you wanted the home runs. You said, yes, he would hit more than 18 home runs. I said, no, he wouldn't. There was a period where B. Lau had uh, seven home runs in 12 games. What are you doing with your hand motion there? What Have you ever seen on? a manager do this? Or an umpire? It looks like you're cutting a pizza. I don't know what you're... It looks like you're cutting like a, a Chicago um, pizza that's 10 feet high. I don't know I'm, what that is. I'm drawing a P in the air, meaning protest, protest, protest. This prop bet is under protest. Look at that line. It says Bilal at least 18 home runs in 2020. What is 14 plus four gets you to 18? Bilal had four bombs in the playoffs. Yeah, we're not including postseason. 18. 18. Let's nope. go. Not Let's gonna go. happen. Regular <laughs> season only here. Under protest, folks. All right, then, then let me go back to the Hunter Renfro one and put that under protest because he technically <laughs> has baby. a lower war or a better war in baseball reference. So, oh man, oh, I got trigger man. happy on the okay. Home runs. All right, right, we want we want to play that game. We want to play that game. Brandon Lau, seventy-five strikeouts. We're including <laughs> the postseason numbers. Give me that Only one bombs, back, baby. buddy. So Only we bombs. even it out. Come on. <laughs> oh my! How many goodness. strikeouts did he have in the postseason? A lot, though, right? I looked it up. I think twenty-eight. So Oof. 28 in 20 games. My goodness. Yeah. 28 plus 58 in the regular season would be a lot. more than 75. <laughs> yes. More than 75. 86. <laughs> That's all you need. My yeah. Math is correct there. Okay. The final one. Yeah. Uh, Kevacy to Martinez, AKA Jose Martinez will bat over 250. <sighs> in What's that about this one? 20. Yeah. I said, no, he would not. I, I was not very confident of Cafecito's ability this year. Ulysses, you went to bat literally for Cafecito, believing he would hit over 250. And I believe we made this prop bet around the time uh, the he trade. was traded to the yeah. Chicago Cubs. He had a 239 batting average with the Rays. And then, I mean, it would be it would be reasonable to think that, okay, he's back in the National League, back in the NL Central, and he can put something special together. They've got the designated hitter over there this year. 
Right. And what happened, he didn't record a single hit in 22 at-bats with the Cubs, and he was sent to the alternate training site, and he finished with a 182 batting average for the year. This one stunk because all the numbers said, yeah, easy pick. That's an easier pick than a lot of these other ones that I got right. A guy with an 800-plus uh, OPS, a 290 career average in the majors. I mean, yeah, simple, yeah. And uh, things just didn't come through for him. And so hopefully, for Cafecito's sake and uh, uh, his family and all that, he he can go back to being that career average 290 hitter and that 800-plus mm-hmm. OPS. But... This was a very ugly year for his stat line. Uh, 182, you said 189, whatever yes. it was. Not no, no bueno, as Kevin would yeah. say. For again, a guy that doesn't have a glove that limits you a little bit. So a guy yeah. like Cafacito, I think better hope that the National League keeps with the designated hitter. Yes. I think that's going to be important, going to be critical. And again, he's a little bit of a byproduct of the. It was a 60-game season, just not enough. Guys go through slumps. I mean, what if Brandon Lau had that postseason slump when in the regular season? And I know he did have a slump in the regular season, but and he doesn't get a chance to get out of it. Yes. But a postseason-type slump like what Brandon Lau had in the regular season would have been a killer for his his line. And I think that's probably what happened to a lot of guys um, this year that didn't really – do what they were expected to do, do uh, you know. I Hunter Renfro, you know, for example, he's right. not that guy. I mean, I, at least he's never shown to be that guy. Maybe he is. Maybe he's fooled yeah. people for the last three, four years. But the numbers should tell you that no, that this was just a, a bad year. You know, with Cavacito, I've got a theory on this, on maybe part of his struggles here. I think some of it, of course, could be the pandemic and everything, the stop and start. But I think also because of his size and how he's got so many limbs, arms, and legs. It's easy to get out of your mechanics. Hitting-wise, we talk about how pitchers get out of their mechanics. A guy like yes. out of class now. I think it's very easy, if not easier. It happens more often with a guy like Cavacito, who's built like a lanky basketball player. He's a small forward, power forward, if we're playing basketball at the Division One or, or NBA level. And you've got right. so many moving parts that you, you get out of it a little bit. And it's hard to get back in sync without – uh, you know, really having the off season to do that. And without having the actual at-bats that you usually get right. um, and, and the constant grind of the, of the season. I mean, they, he was used in a way that he's never been used in this year. And Hunter Renfro was used in a way that he's never been used before. And Yoshi Sutsugo was used in a way that they've, that he's never been used before. Those three guys, look at those three guys. This is a good point. They were put in situations. Uh, I know the Rays say we're going to put people in a situation to succeed. Those three guys were not put in a situation yeah. to succeed. And look at all of them. They were all fighting for the same kind of spot. Right. Uh, you know, maybe a corner infield with with uh, with Cafecito instead of a corner outfield spot. Uh, but DH, you know, uh, big masher type, uh, specific to a type of, of pitcher. And they just did not have it because the, the constant reps, you hear that all the time with baseball players, the constant reps is what's going to get you in a good groove. And none of those three guys had that constant uh, uh, presence in the lineup. Yeah. And I think that's something the, 
the Rays have to be more self-aware about is who can handle this role, who can be a reserve type and is okay and comfortable coming off the bench. Whereas a lot of these guys, like you said, they're so used to playing every day. They need to play every day. And, and Hunter Renfro even said it. He admitted it during the season. Like, I'm just not used to this. I'm not used to getting one at-bat a game or two at-bats a game and not playing every day or playing just a couple times a week. When these guys have been geared and ingrained towards doing that. Not everybody can be Matt Stairs. Not everybody is right. that pinch hit off the, <laughs> the bench reserve type. Uh, there's very few guys, and really we should respect those guys that can do it. Respect guys who can slip into that DH role yeah. and say, oh, I gotta, I've got to bat three, four times. I've got to be able to keep my mind occupied. I've got to be able to stay busy. I've got to be able to, when it's my time, when I'm called, that I can contribute and help out. And I'm sure every guy has their routine, whether it's you know walking on the treadmill uh, during right. defensive innings and things like that. So it's something that I think that the Rays probably definitely have to give more thought to, especially as if rosters continue to stay expanded at 28, you're by a product of that, you're going to have more guys who are going to be forced to do that. I mean, you can't have 14 position players out on the field all at once or 13 position players or whatever the number is. So um, who knows? Maybe Brett Phillips is that guy who's comfortable stepping off well, last man on the bench. Okay. My number's called. Let me see what I can do here. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, if they can all do what Brett Phillips did yeah. in the World Series, that that'd be great. But no, it's much easier. Yeah, it's much easier to be a pinch runner in a right. defense replacement than a guy you're expected to hit for us. Hit for hey, us. Can you get a hit for us right now? Yeah, can, yeah. We need a hit. If if you can get a double, that'd be even better. Yeah. Because there's a yeah a slow runner at first because we we've run out of people. I think uh, analytics, you know, it, it's a great thing, but that's the thing that it misses is the human touch. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it makes sense to have Brasso and Wendell be a little platoon for third base, for example, yes. one uh, against the lefties and one against the righties. But what it misses is that what if Brasso doesn't face a lefty for a week? Now you have him sitting down for a week. Right. Uh, I, I, that's the issue. I, I, I sometimes think that analytics comes by because they're just looking at the numbers and say, well, yeah, obviously this guy against the lefties and the righties and it'll all work out fine. Didn't really work out fine with, with Yoshi Hunter and Cafecito. I mean, that's yes. the human touch that you need there in, in, in the dugout, which after world series game six, it may, it makes you think if that's an actual thing that's being taken care of with the race is that human touch. Yes, indeed. Uh, so by my final tally, I, uh, got, or won six of these prop bets. Ulysses, you got four. Scoreboard. Uh, I, I concede uh, this prop bet. You are the, the winner of the 2020 prop bet season. You want to make your I, speech? My congrats to you and, and your loved ones on this decisive win of six to four. I wish nothing but this, the, the best for you. And I, I can't wait to see what this next year of prop bets, uh, you know, comes because like you know we yeah. have so many other things that that are boiling on the hot stove you know i think this has to be a thing where we'll do the prop bet we might throw out a lot of other prop bets but i think if we keep it contained here's the 10 primary ones or, uh, there's got to be 10 that 10 total that we disagree on and okay. uh maybe do prop bets through uh until opening day and then make the pick of top these top 10 like a little draft yeah that would be good i think maybe that people would be on twitter on twitter can vote for the for which ones they want to see on the top 10 
Absolutely. And you could do that by DMing us or messaging us on Twitter at Locked on Rays or shooting us an email, Locked on Rays at gmail.com. In the meantime, check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered, R-A-Y-S-U-N-F-I-L-T-E-R-E-D. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.